Before we launch into part two of banks and fintech on platform economies with author Paolo Cerrone, I want to remind you first, there's a copy up for grabs on the innovationshow.io newsletter. And second, to thank our sponsors, I boldly transforming the future of financial services with a suite of embedded products and services, enabling businesses to manage multiple payment workflows and move funds with ease. You can find Zai at hellozai.com. Let's get into the BRQ, Banking Reinvention Quadrant, with Paolo Cerrone. Now, back with number one in the banking section in Amazon is our guest, Paolo Cerrone. Welcome back, sir. Thanks for hosting me again for this second conversation. Back by popular demand, by the way, we got so many emails, so many people in our in our audience listen to our workers in banks, they work in innovation labs, they work in change management within banks. And so many emailed and your book was up for grabs in our newsletter back then. So I have a second copy because it was so popular as well. I'm so very pleased that uh, people are dedicating their time to read and study and they reach out for, for the conversations is, uh, is, is truly uh, fulfilling. And I'm glad to be sharing your work. I thought today we talked about a lot of the challenges before. But the way I'm going to tee this up is how you do it beautifully, is that when you're on the sea of disruption, when there's waves battering your ship, you need both a compass and a map. And in the book, you offer the map, which is the BRQ, the banking reinvention quadrant. And I thought what I would do, if it's okay with you is share the quadrant on the screen. And then and then maybe you'll talk over it. And we'll share this as a map, just because this really brings all the work together. And so that was one thing. And then the other thing was just to tee it up, is that you talk about three periods of time that were really feeding up to this work that that fed your work as well, that there was these three specific periods of time leading right up to recent years, and the difference in those periods of times. So maybe we'll, we'll start with that and then go into the BRQ. Bet you refer to my personal experience uh, in terms of uh, uh, leaving university in the mid 90s uh, and uh, starting up uh, my career. And at the time uh, after I studied business and economics, uh, I became the head of uh, quantitative risk management for uh, investment banks. And that was my, my first period of life. And I think it's reflected in a lot of my research because uh, doing risk management in the 1990s uh, enabled uh, to see everything in the financial institutions uh, from uh, uh, capital markets to client relationships in credit or, uh, or retail. And uh, I described this time like uh, the uh, journey of Dante Alighieri in the Divine Comedy as he started in hell, because uh, laughing about that, I said there is all the scenes of the financial system, and even those that you haven't seen yet, uh, I saw them already. So it was a complex but very uh, fruitful time where I had to reflect upon what is financial innovation that was primarily centered around uh, algorithms, uh, mathematics, uh, and um, financial products, and what is instead uh, the necessity of clients, uh, especially after the reflection points of the global financial crisis. So the risk management perspective uh, is really central to my discussions around the digitization of financial services. In the end, even AI is an algorithm. So you can see the parallels. Then after these uh, 12 or 13 years of experience, I entered into the second phase of my professional life. There is about entrepreneurship. Uh, there is the purgatory. 
of uh, the Dante Alighieri's journey because uh, I uh, founded uh, a, a new company in Germany with the bank as uh, a partner to basically work on capital markets uh, capabilities to improve uh, the quality of the work done in front of uh, well-management clients, basically transforming the engines uh, of the well-management relationship that had to become uh, more and more uh, digital and added value. And it is purgatory because uh, when you are an entrepreneur, you make a lot of mistakes, uh, you get hit left and right. Uh, it's a deep learning experience, but in the end, uh, you know that you will go somewhere, right? Because uh, you really made an effort and, and a personal effort. So it's an interesting journey, which is uh, unbeatable in terms of uh, the valid experience. And that takes us into my third uh, journey, which is uh, like Dante Alighieri entering heaven. I got into the heaven of uh, exponential technologies. IBM bought my startup in 2013, so I started working for IBM globally, and now I am uh, the global research leader in banking and financial markets. That means uh, I coordinated the business research and point of view of IBM uh, through the Institute of Business Value, which is our total leadership center. However, as much as Dante went from uh, hell to purgatory to heaven in his search and discovered himself, uh, uh, even more than than the existence of God, I think that that was equally uh, uh, similar for me because uh, at the center of my uh, research and personal motivation is always uh, the real way of uh, consuming financial services by human beings and the understanding of the way humans relate to the financial problem to make sure that digital innovation conforms with the deeper needs of, uh, of society. And, and therefore, I, as I started writing my literature in this third phase of my life, uh, and Banks of Fintech on Platform Economies is my fifth book, and so far the most successful uh, and acclaimed bestseller, I really connected the dots between uh, renowned foundation um, renewed foundations of the financial system in terms of uh, behavioral economics and the role of digital technology to either create new value or unlock hidden value by leveraging uh, the theory and the practice of platform economies to make sure that we enter into a, a sustained uh, transformation of financial services which is truly added value I think that's one of the reasons this book has been so popular as well, Paolo, because you deeply understand through personal experience, how difficult it can be from every side, and that perspective from each side. And that leads us nicely to the BRQ and to the map to be able to navigate these turbulent times, these turbulent waters, because it ain't, it ain't easy. You know, I, I have a lot of empathy for people working in incumbent organizations and legacy organizations like banks, because there's a lot of change coming at people and they feel sometimes restricted by regulation and by the shackles of regulation as well. So having a map and having a common language like this is so, so useful. So maybe you'll bring our audience through the BRQ. Yes, and I can say before introducing formally the BRQ that uh, this book contains two things, theory and practice. Positive theory, that means something that explains the underlying forces, but also leads into a business model definition and examples around those business models that I verified and seen uh, throughout my professional life, especially in the most recent years of engagement inside the fintech ecosystem and the um, many journeys of uh, 
banks uh, uh, leaning into digital transformation. Now, as much as you need to change theory, if you decide to produce uh, uh, energy with a nuclear plant instead of using a carbon plant, because your theory would be wrong, banks are faced uh, with so deep transformation that they require a new theory of the functioning of the financial system to make sure that they can box out from today's conundrum and lead into a sustainability in terms of economic perspective of new business models that really meant the problem of uh, very low return on equities, uh, very complex and high constant ratios uh, in a world of the credit margins. And, and, and therefore, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this book is, is basically giving you the combination of two things. So the new theory required and the, the business models that conform with this new theory, which are emerging uh, in essence. And you see what keeps uh, bankers at bay is the fact that uh, it's difficult to leave a branch uh, before you grab another one. So you need to make sure that uh, you understand the dynamics, right? The theory around jumping from one into the other, and then you need to know exactly where is uh, this new branch that uh, basically you need to grab. And this is explained in this book. So I'm gonna share on the screen the BRQ, the Banking Reinvention Quadrant, this map to be able to navigate change. Paolo is going to kindly speak to it so we're able to navigate it together. So over to you, Paolo. Okay, so let me say which is the theoretical foundation of this uh, uh, quadrant and also the practical uh, inspiration of this. First of all, the European Central Bank published a very interesting paper titled financial intermediation with technology, what's sold and what's new, uh, that basically um, explains uh, that banks as so of fintech exert market power if they excel in information and communication. So we need to understand what is information and communication, which I made uh, the two axes of this bank intervention quadrant. And mind that this is very important. I'm contributing to the uh, European Supervisory Digital Finance Academy that is basically was opened a few weeks ago by Arnold Booth, who is the author of that research paper. And then I continue in the conversation because I bring to life that piece of research from the ECB research unit. Now, information is everything that is contained in the core banking of a financial institution. You can think about payments through the transactions and credit information around the client, which is needed for the uh, credit worthiness assessment of, uh, of clients, uh, individuals, and corporate. Now, the ECB recognizes uh, that particularly for European environments dominated by low uh, interest rate environments, and now even higher inflation than the interest rates that, uh, that is growing and uh, uh, very high cost of capital, is complex for banks to generate value for shareholders leveraging information inside the banking charter because after the price for risk no much remains on the bonds reason why the return on equity is the lowest uh, across all jurisdictions worldwide maybe paired only by the japanese banks so now that forces banks more than anywhere else in the world to open up their data coffers moving from constrained product and services definitions into ecosystems closed and then open ecosystems basically using banking as a service infrastructure to excel through open banking and open finance by making that information available to external third parties that can basically leverage it to eliminate the friction in their ecosystem. So basically, by doing so, you start moving up in the bank innovation quadrant, intensifying the information quotient. On the other side, 
The ECB researchers also recognize that uh, communication is uh, very important. Actually, this is becoming even more important than information to the finding statement of banks. And that is about the interfaces, which are typical human interfaces. So those interfaces allow to position uh, all type of products, uh, those which are more asymmetrical and complex uh, to be consumed by uh, clients, which are investment products, uh, for example, and uh, insurance contracts. So now, uh, as you intensify the information quotient, uh, you have a problem because uh, the embedded fee inside these products uh, is uh, reducing uh, over time uh, as much as the interest rate margins are going down uh, uh, because of the um, complex market economic conditions. In this case, you can think about uh, passive investing, uh, which uh, is delivered for much cheaper prices compared to the active investing, or you can think about regulation to transparency, which is basically squeezing uh, progressively the embedded commissions. So then there is to be an effort uh, in order to demonstrate value for the clients uh, that uh, allows uh, uh, bankers to start asking clients to pay differently for the relationship, which become an access fee to the uh, trusted advisory platform. So now you are moving from a, a distribution channel of products type of definition, becoming, uh, first of all, a data-driven distribution type of approach, uh, and then leading into transparent intelligence where the customers are capable of effectively directing themselves. And that is the journey of the intensification of the communication quotient. Now, two things happen. You need technology to intensify these quotients. On the one side, you need hybrid cloud in order to connect the points securely around the data that are shared across open ecosystems in order to generate more value for clients. On the other side, you may need, in particular, artificial intelligence to enable the communication layer to be accessed for lower prices to a broader community of clients, not to be restricted only to the ultra high net worth. And then you see that as you plug in hybrid cloud for secure data interactions and artificial intelligence in a way that you have a factory perspective around those technology elements, Intelligent automation will enable you to start moving along the line with new business models at a more cheaper cost, so healthier costing operations, leading into two value spaces, which are defined as the contextual banking and the conscious banking platform strategies that reside in the top right side of this bank innovation quadrant, which is in essence a business value quadrant. So the attempt of this one is to connect uh, the dots uh, in a simple way to make you reflect uh, around uh, the key characteristics uh, of the uh, strategic approach uh, that underpins uh, the business models and the platform economies uh, and the investments in technology that enable you to make those uh, strategies uh, reachable because, of course, uh, uh, that cannot happen without digital technology. To conclude, the theoretical perspective, uh, part of which uh, are reflected into this ECB work, uh, information communication, also per uh, a request by a real bank uh, a couple of years ago, three years ago, to discuss uh, the first conceptualization of my bank innovation quadrant uh, and make it public uh, as it was published uh, in Chinese uh, in 2020. Uh, there is basically a request by the board of Shanghai Pudong Development Bank. Uh, uh, one of the discussions there were how can a bank compete uh, with um, Alibaba and Tencent uh, as they're already dominant in the 
a connection with uh, the retail clients. So everybody thought uh, of uh, super apps uh, and platform economies in terms of uh, building value volumes. And, and I'm saying, yes, that is still feasible, but uh, it's very complex uh, to compete uh, on volumes with giants like uh, WeChat or Alipay. You can imagine uh, now competing with uh, Alibaba, for example, in the Western world. So then I've been advocating for uh, a rethinking of the problem, trying to understand how to leverage platform economies to generate value. And, and basically the Banking Invention Quadrants tries to set the tone to answer that question so that now you have a better tension between volume and value in the definition of your key targets and the strategic components of your transformation journey that adds if you like to existing narratives which are faulted in many respects because a they don't understand the way real client consume financial services, B, they don't reflect on the mechanics uh, underlying the transformation from linear businesses to platform businesses, uh, which uh, are those uh, excelling on digital economies. Uh, D, they are not anchored to a consistent theory, which is uh, in this case, the financial market transparency theory that I articulated a few years ago and launched in Off Davos during the World Economic Forum in 2019, that basically, is uh, the uh, compass that enables you to navigate uh, this banking invention quadrant facing uncharted waters by leading you to the shore of more sustainable and added value business models on platform economies. Beautiful, Paolo. I was thinking about how, just as you use the analogy of this as a compass and a map, and this is helping you navigate your ship that your ship in a way is like a Noah's Ark, it will become a Noah's Ark in a way, because it will contain lots of different types of neurodiversity. And you talk about the importance of this kind of mix of different skill sets within the bank of the future, but also that it will also contain different species. So it will mean collaboration with startups and fintechs, etc, within the bank as the kind of main anchor of the of the organization of the future of the bank of the future. Maybe you have some thoughts on that to conclude today. There is uh, an important shift, uh, which is about openness, uh, you will find uh, a variety of uh, uh, discussions inside uh, this uh, this uh, new book uh, about the concept of openness. One clearly is about the fact that the ecosystem is out there with value and that value in order to be um, generated and accessed needs to be orchestrated. So now one problem that we see today in the open bank and open finance world is that uh, people assumed that that open banking or open finance is just about making products available for somebody else's consumption. But they completely misunderstood the fact that the real shift in platform economies is a shift from outputs, which are consumption of quantities products, to outcomes, which is instead about the engaging experience to go somewhere in terms of fulfilling one's needs, decisions, and ambitions. Now, when you move from output to outcome, something happened that is very difficult to control the whole outcome of an individual or a company because they require a variety of different things. So immediately you see the benefits of the contribution of a variety of players in order to orchestrate the journey. 
but you need somebody with a deep understanding that orchestrating the journey is not about building a marketplace for product consumption in order to see the value of that ecosystem orchestration to be realized in terms of adding to the client and therefore being rewarded for client engagement. In essence, the complexity here is that the remuneration shift out of the individual products and uh, it basically resides into the overall platform engagement. So the way entrepreneurs uh, within the bank and outside the bank is to think is not about uh, justifying the investment in terms of uh, the consumption layers uh, and the transactional points uh, that maybe at the very beginning can make a bit more sense, but then will fade uh, very fast. So they need to think about the orchestration of the platform economy with uh, uh, the whole ecosystem. And there I can say, I'm seeing some uh, uh, relevant shifts uh, also made by IBM clients. We've been working with uh, key banks in terms of the creation of uh, platforms for the organization of ecosystem, for example, an agri-fund platform with the largest bank in Latin America. The key problem there, of course, is to aligning all of the incentives around your ecosystem of partners and fintechs to contribute the right way. Now, I do believe that this world provides an important mindset to understand all of these intricacies so that people can start with the right mindset, avoiding common pitfalls that I've been seeing banks making in the last few years, therefore accelerating their capability to shift into the outcome economy enabled by ecosystem platforms. I think that's such the value of a consultant that is often not seen is that consultants when they have the scar tissue like you do, and that you are seeing the cutting edge technology, you can save organizations making all the mistakes that will cost them a fortune and waste time more importantly as well, because time is of the essence with this change as well, because we will see banks move faster than others. And that legacy mindset can hold people back. And that's why I think this is such a popular book. And your your most popular so far of all that you've written Paolo as well. Last question is where can people find you to find out more about your work, find out about keynotes, etc. A couple of opportunities. First of all, my personal website, thepcironi.com, like the Financial Times. On the pcron.com, you find the links to my material and some examples of my worldwide engagements. I also invite everyone to reach out on LinkedIn, where I have uh, public conversations continuously. I'm very fresh and open to discuss that because the more we talk, the more we enrich each other with new ideas and, and thinking. They can also visit my uh, ibm.com slash ibv page uh, together with my ibv colleagues where they can find uh, the latest and the best of uh, the ibv research within the ibm capacity and of course the book is on amazon fantastic another platform Paolo. it's uh, always great to share time with you and learn from you i highly recommend this book we have got through so little of it just to show you how much content and knowledge is in the book author of Banks and Fintech on Platform Economies, Contextual and Conscious Banking, Paolo Cerrone, the Paolo Cerrone. Thank you for joining us. Arrivederci. Nice one, man. Perfect. I hope you enjoyed part two. It was a briefer episode. Paolo is a difficult man to get and full of insights. The book is full of so much great knowledge. You can win a copy of the book on the innovationshow.io newsletter. 
And I want to finally thank our sponsor, Zai, boldly transforming the future of financial services with a suite of embedded products and services, enabling businesses to manage multiple payment workflows and move funds with ease. You can find Zai at hellozai.com.